You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, I mean, we are in week one. I mean, it's, we're in the regular season. It, it, that's the whole crazy thing about the first week is that, like, you spend the whole week kind of pinching yourself that real football is actually happening this week, you know, and that you need to get hyped. So we've got an actual meaningful game in less than 24 hours. Well, right, no, you guys no, probably- actually a little bit over 24 hours, but yeah. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. You guys will probably be here late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, which means football is back, and that means it's time for us to do our annual predictions. Uh, so coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about some over-unders from some players. We're going to pick our offensive and defensive MVPs, and then at the very end of the show, we are going to make our win-loss record predictions that you can hold to us for the entire season long. So <laughs> if one of us is uh, makes a mistake here, please bring it up to us over over and over on Twitter. Oh my we, God. We really, really appreciate that. Jeez. All right, let's go ahead and start with some over-unders via Bovada.com. Uh, and I want to start with Dak Prescott. Uh, according to Bovada, his passing yard total for the season is listed at 3,500. You can bet the over, the under. Both of them are at minus 110 right now. Landon, over under 3,500 passing yards for Dak Prescott in 2018. What's I'm sorry, what was the number? 3,500? 3,500. Yeah, um, I think that... I'm trying to think about what where he was his rookie year. He was just at the, just at that right. He's like thirty six, thirty six hundred. Yep. Yeah, and then last year even he still was at thirty three hundred. So that's a good number. I like that. That's a pretty good. Again, you and I were talking before the thing. Betting lines are all about getting action, not necessarily about what Vegas thinks they're going to do. And I think this is a good number because that's kind of dead spot, dead between what he's done the last two years, and, and you kind right. of think that that's probably going to continue i'm going to take well i'll I'll even i'll even add to that a little bit the the passing touchdown interception numbers are exactly what he was last year at 22 touchdowns 13 interceptions so basically they're setting that line right at what he was last year yeah i think he's gonna have a better season than he did last year um That's tough. This, he, so I mean, the, the, especially since I, I don't know that he's going to have as, as many attempts as he had last year, though. So I, I, I would set his attempts kind of in that four sixty five, four seventy range. I, I'm going to say over, because um, I, I, I think that he's gonna. I oh, mean, I, 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 I'm tempted to say push, but I, I'm going to say over because I think that uh, he's he's going to do a lot better than people are expecting. In kind of intermediate routes, you know, and I think that that's gonna like you know people are gonna try to bet the under on this because they expect him to just not throw the ball deep a ton, uh, and, and deep being twenty five plus yards down the field. But I think he's gonna have a lot of fifteen to twenty yard completions 
and in, the, in these games. And I think that's, you know, in combination with the run game, it's going to be able to push him back up to where he's been these last two seasons and maybe a little bit more. So maybe he has less attempts, but maybe that yards per attempt is back up closer to what it was in 2016. Uh, and I think he's going to take the over. I'm just trying to think about what kind of season the Cowboys are going to have. If if he eclipses that 3,500-yard passing mark, it probably means the Cowboys were in more you know catch-up games this year. Um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily do, mean it's a better thing that, it, that he's had a whole right. bunch of passing yards. Yeah, I agree. Right. And actually, I think it, it probably is better if he's around 33, 34, 35. That means that the Cowboys are probably controlling the clock and trolling, controlling the game script. But, yeah, I think 35 is the right number. I probably would go slightly over uh, just because I don't think they're going to be as good as a team as they were last year, and we'll get to that at the end of the show. So Whoa. I do think they're, I do think they're gonna, I, I think they're gonna be in some of those situations where, you know, they need to put up points at the end of the game. He's gonna be throwing the ball more. I think you will see that. All right, I want to move on to Ezekiel Elliott. According to Bavada, his rushing yard over under is set at fourteen fifty. Uh, that is a pretty high number to me that's by far the highest of any running back he's basically even odds to lead the league in rushing this year which is awfully awfully impressive so Landon, i will throw it to you does ezekiel elliott get more than uh 1400 rushing yards this season yeah <laughs> yeah he gets more than 1400 rushing yards. i i, I mean I lo- I looked at this number and I I thought it was a and you know what this is a great segue into something I want to talk about. Everyone is sleeping on Ezekiel Elliott, including people you know that follow the team. Like yeah, I I, I think this is something that I, that has been buried because of all the avalanche of other information that has been going on. Ezekiel has looked fantastic. I mean, he's not, he's not bad anymore. Not, not, not only is he look, <laughs> does he look like you know in the best shape, but he's also just he's so focused. Like he, I mean, I, I mean, that's usually that kind of buzzword stuff. Like you know, it, it doesn't mean anything. You say everyone looks focused, but but this manifests itself in ways that you can physically see. The dude runs to the end zone every single uh, uh, run he made during training camp. He was actively involved in every other player's rep and making sure that every player, uh, you know, in his position group, was doing it correctly. He's getting on the other guys about uh, the the way they were doing things. He was exploding out of breaks. Man, his feet look fantastic. My 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 point being that I, I've not gotten any, any any indication from anything that I've seen from Ezekiel Elliott on the field that makes me think that he isn't going to get to this mark by like. I don't know, week 11 or 12. Like, right. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I've taken the over on this because I, I trust that Zeke Elliott's going to play a full season, and I trust that he's going to, you know. Uh, there's one thing I trust about this team more than anything is that Zeke Elliott is going to dominate this year. It, it, how much that domination, you know, provides to the rest of this team is going to be the story of, of the season. But I, I have very little doubt that Zeke Elliott is, is about to tear up this league. So a couple of quick notes. Throughout his career, his 25-game career in the NFL, uh, Zeke is averaging about 105 yards rushing a game. And, you, and if you extrapolate that to 16 games, that's about 1,700 yards a season, which clearly hits the over. Uh, I thought it was interesting in the Cowboys' third preseason game, uh, Chris Collinsworth was talking about Ezekiel Elliott, who didn't play in that game, if you remember. 
he was saying, he basically said, I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal this information because I was at a close practice, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott was flying all over the football field. He, he just looked like a totally different player than what he saw last year. Uh, and that got me excited because the when speed, you have... It's the speed, it's the yes. burst. That's what it yes. is. It's like, I mean, I, I, you see it, like I was trying to explain with the feet, but you watch like you know the the box drills where they put the dummies down and then they you know they the Gary Brown will stand there and he'll you know he'll move a dummy one direction and whatever direction he moves the dummy you're supposed to break the opposite right and right. and whatever whatever he did he was doing it so much faster than everyone else, including Trey Williams, who weighs about thirty pounds less than him, and his and like his whole thing was uh, speed and quickness. Like the the fact that that guy is moving at that size, like just completely rocked up. I mean, I've seen Ezekiel for the last two seasons in training camp. This is a different dude. Like this is another level dude that's on this field. And mm. the reason uh, that that's what they're banking on, that's where the confidence for this team comes. That w- the rest of the media and a lot of other people aren't seeing because we ha- he wasn't in the preseason. But this guy is ready. Like he has arrived. Whatever happened to him last year scared the crap out of him, or did whatever it did enough to him that he has not messed around this offseason. Like right. he he came in like a different guy in in the best possible way. It's just that number is so hard because 1450, man, there's not a lot of wiggle but, room there but for that's bad the, games. But, but that's the thing is that it, it, it's here's the thing Marcus, it's it's opportunity plus ability. Like Absolutely. That's 100%. that's the difference. Is that is that usually you only get one. You know, and when you get both, you bet on that, right? Like this guy right. is this offense is obviously clearly built to give him a ton of touches. They have said over and over again they are going to give him a ton of touches. He is a 23-year-old running back at the in the prime of his career. Like he is going to get a ton of touches. There, if he performs even at 75% or 80% of what he's used to performing. He's going to hit that 1400 yard mark. How, you know, 3 quarters of the running back starting running backs in the league if they got the carries that he did would probably get close to that uh, uh, that number honestly. So if they could survive it, right? I think he's going right. to blow that's, that and that's number. My out. I, that's I, my worry. That's my worry. I think he's going to blow the, the number out history. of the water. Well, the, he has no injury history, though. Not injury history. It's just that the positional injury history, right? Correct. That, it's yeah, just it's that. just hard to it's hard to imagine that he's always going to be able to stay this healthy. And I know he doesn't have you know any big injury history except for a minor wrist thing, but. It's just it doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room, but I will still I'm still going over though. <laughs> I will say before we move on, the the thing that make yeah I mean of course you're going over it's rid- it's a ridiculous number it is I'm sorry uh, the thing the thing that so I I will say that you know there's not a lot of stuff that I would compare Ezekiel Elliott to uh, uh, Emmett Smith to because I think that they're completely different players I think they're both fantastic you know potential I mean, one of them is a Hall of Famer one is a potential Hall of Famer. Um, but I, I think the one thing that they both do do exceptionally well is they have great vision. Uh, well, I guess these are just two things. They both have great vision. Uh, and then what that allows them not only is to see holes and to be able to get through holes that no one else can see, and that you know obviously optimizes that sort of thing, but 
it also allows him to see the defenders coming at him. Ezekiel right. Elliott does not take very many big hits, is what I'm getting at. You go back and watch his 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 game. You know, he is very very good about getting every of delivering blows, and then when the blows are coming to him making just like Emmett Smith go watch Emmett he used to do this too he would get held up or he would get he was it's, it's time for him to get hit he would make a subtle move it was it would be very slight and it would break the guy's angle so he couldn't get a good solid hit on him so he'd get a hit but it wasn't the full brunt that they were delivering Ezekiel Elliott is so good at kind of sliding off of hits and do you re- think the the new rule changes to tackling with a helmet is going to change anything at all here I, I think I was concerned about that as well early on, but the more that they've tried to clarify this rule, the more that they have specifically tried to say people lowering their shoulder and heads to protect themselves will not be uh, penalized. You know, it's it's more about using the head as a weapon. They've tried to kind of, you know, that's the thing is I, I think and not to get on a tangent with that is that with that they they started out broad and I will say it does at least feel like they're kind of narrowing. You know what I'm saying? Like narrowing down what that penalty is. Right. So I, I, right. I'm I'm I am less concerned about that. Uh, I, I want to see it in week one because I think the preseason is a whole different thing, and they're calling it a, as a as a testing ground to see what the penalty will be like. You know, I feel better now than I did in but the first week. I, of the preseason. That's exactly how I feel. Is is that I is that I I I was willing to be patient with it because I I felt like it would get better, and I and I feel like I've been rewarded to a certain degree, or we've been rewarded because it it feel like it, it it has kind of moved in the right direction. Speaking of betting, let me tell you guys a little bit about my bookie. Uh, you know, ever since we've started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week, or in Landon's case, what fantasy player to start. The truth is, we don't always know. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't always know who's going to win. Uh, we take some guesses, but we don't always know. But if you think you know, you need to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie. You win. They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. We're doing the yearly totals right now. You guys can do the weekly totals uh, and play along. Just join now and and enter uh, mybookie.com, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's move on to some of the receiving totals. And actually, I'm going to group these together because they don't really make sense to me. Uh, According to Bavada, they've got Cole Beasley's receiving yard total at 425. And Alan Hearns at 700 yards to lead the Cowboys in receiving yards this season. Uh, those don't feel right to me. They actually feel like they should be flipped. Am I wrong here, Landon? No, I don't. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Um, I don't know. I, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if, at the end of the day, th- uh, 
those guys had very similar receiving numbers. I would agree. If, that you know, that if, makes if, sense. Yes. If Hearns, you know, ended up kind of being a good uh, success, uh, that would be, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that that those numbers could end up being uh, very similar. Uh, but having said that, you know, with Gallup kind of on the rise, uh, I I think he is more likely to eat into Hearns' numbers than he is to, yes. uh, uh, you know, uh, to. Steal Beasley's steal production. Beasley's production. I, I, th- I think Beasley's role is pretty defined on this roster. We yeah. already know that he's going to be the, probably the slot receiver on every third down, but they want to get him obviously more involved in first and second down play. So I think you'll see him on the outside more often, and that's why Beasley's number doesn't doesn't make any sense to me because every year he's out there, he's producing at a higher rate than 425 receptions or yards. And now Jason Witten's gone, Des Bryant's gone. I would assume he's probably Dak's favorite target, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that, and and I, I also think that they're likely to. Uh, uh, I, I think that they're also likely to, uh, you know, run more plays specifically to Beasley than they are necessarily in Hearns. I think you know Hearns. I think Hearns is going to be a function of the offense, but I don't know that that he is going to be like a player that they are specifically going to target you know regularly like they want to try to get Beasley the ball I think you know right um and and that's not like you know knock against Hearns I just think that Hearns is going to function that's one of the reasons they got a guy like Alan Hearns versus Des Bryant is that you know Hearns they play the same position but Hearns is not the kind of guy that you know is going to uh demand like a whole bunch of of uh targets in order to you know be effective in the game i think you know he is gonna catch the balls that you throw to him hopefully and be highly efficient um whereas you know this beasley is a guy that you you may try to feed some targets you know i mean like because he can he can beat and he can win on -on one-on-one that sort of thing so um i i think that to me I, the the numbers probably should be swapped. I mean, for, the four hundred number sounds way low for Beasley in general. Really, um, really I low. Don't, uh, I don't know that. Like, but I don't know that it's like that's uh, if that's where Hearns Hearns at or not. Like either because I think that maybe now that I consider it with with Gallup, I think maybe that probably actually could be more appropriate if you swapped them because you, you know, we just don't know what Gallup's going to do, and and he could eat so much into that that. That, that Hearns only has a couple hundred yards. If you figure that Beasley plays all 16 games this season, he would need to hit 27 receiving yards a game to hit his over-under. That the, the, seems the, pretty the, easy. The, the problem is is that we just don't, like, we haven't seen the passing offense, like, unfurled at all. Like, you know, so it's it's tough to, like, guess how much Tavon Austin may potentially eat into his, you know, targeting. So, to you know, me, it, it, it feels like though, Beasley is going to catch four or five passes a game at about 10 yards a clip at the very least. That, that's at least. My, yeah. I, I mean, I that's, that, that, that's probably true. I mean, at least three, but see, I don't know about 10 yards a clip. Like that, that's the other thing too, is that I feel like he may catch. You think it's going to be lower than that. Well, I, I, I think that, Look, I mean, this is suddenly we're going to get into the larger discussion of the whole team, but I, I think that what's going to happen this year is hopefully a, a, a rise in efficiency so that the third down conversions that are going to Beasley 
aren't having to be third and eights and third and tens. They're going to be third and fours and third and sixes. And, you he- know. Here's my point, though. If you look at like 2014, 15, and 16 for Beasley, he was averaging 11 yards a catch all three of those seasons. I don't see... I don't see a huge drop coming from him from those numbers. You know what I mean? Like, is he really going to turn into a eight yard, you know, a catch guy? I, I, I mean, probably not. I mean, I don't may, think so. Maybe, may, but I, I also think that, you know, if he does, he could still be an extremely efficient and useful sure. wide receiver at eight yards a clip. If we're talking about converting. 25 first downs you know what i'm saying I like i mean like for a season i'm not talking about for a game uh you know like i i, I think you know so i, I don't know like I, that's what i'm saying is that i think we don't really have a good grasp on what this passing offense is going to look like because i think the actual development of how the 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 game plan is going to be deployed was rolled out these last few weeks you know behind the curtain so we can't see it you know so uh, it'll be. I think obviously we'll have a lot better handle on this after week one. I would think. All right, one last one I want to do. Uh, this is the last player prop, and that's Demarcus Lawrence at eleven and a half sacks this year. Uh, really quick, over under eleven and a half sacks for Lawrence this season. Over. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. He could have a down year this year and still have a 12-sack season. He's just too talented, especially now that they have Randy Gregory on the opposite side. That should help Lawrence. Uh, he doesn't play a murderous row of uh, right tackles this year, so he should be fine. Um, let's go ahead and do our offensive defensive MVP picks. Um, I will go ahead and start first. Offensive MVP, we've talked about him already on the show, Ezekiel Elliott. I think he is going to be in for a monster season, not only on the ground, but also through the passing game. I don't think it's out of the question to think that he could get 2,000 total yards this year. I also don't think it's out of the question that he could score 20 touchdowns this year. Uh, No Des Bryant in the red zone, no Jason Witten. The Cowboys are obviously going to feed him the ball when they get close to the end zone. It just wouldn't shock me if we get one of these 2,000-yard, 20-touchdown seasons from Elliott. Who do you have as your MVP, Landon? Yeah, I mean, I I have a hard time thinking that anybody could pick anybody other than Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I think that the problem, again, like I said, out of sight, out of mind this offseason, um, which, you know, for a lot of for a lot of ways, that's really good, you know, especially after the season that we had that's last great. year with Zeke. Uh, the fact that he has been out of the limelight even uh, has, it's not, you know, sad or disappointing at all. It's probably the best thing. And, um I, you know, I can attest that you know, someone who's seen him firsthand, it's it's amazing, it's shocking to how how much more focused and more you know, re- re- how, how much more ready he came into the season. It seemed like than the previous two years, and he looks ready to just do damage in a way that uh, uh, we haven't seen, especially at the Cowboys uh, as a running back in a long time, maybe ever. I, I, mean, I think you know, if we're talking about two thousand yard season. Uh, he could be ready to have the best single single season for a running back in Cowboys history. Um, and, you know, I can't rule out – I mean, look, we've got a good offensive line uh, and we've got a defense that can be smothering. As long as we're presenting spectrums, he could potentially come out here and have the the best rushing season of any running back in NFL history. That's, that's available on the spectrum with this player. So, uh, Yeah, I would know, agree. We, we, that he's got to be your preseason MVP just simply because, again, 
opportunity and talent meeting in a way that is rare in the NFL. Just to provide some context on this, uh, in his rookie season, uh, Ezekiel Elliott averaged about 24 touches per game, came just 13 yards short of 2,000 total yards. Uh, He had 16 total touchdowns. It would not shock me at all if Zeke averages 26, 27, maybe even 28 touches per game this year, considering how much they want to use him on the ground and through the passing game. If he's if he's getting 27, 28 touches a game, ooh, look out. You might be looking at a 2,200-yard season from Zeke. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the defensive MVP. Who do you got, Landon? This is tough because I mean, it's really I, you know, tough. We, we all of its promise and and all of it is is uh, you know uh, potential. Um, I, I I think it, you know I probably am going to play it safe and go with uh, with Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, I, I could have gone safer and gone Sean Lee, but I yeah. I, I actually think that I think Demarcus Lawrence uh, is a guy that you know he's he's again playing for for some money. Uh, he's an, another guy who, despite you know showing us a level that we weren't aware was available at, at him, uh, has come into this camp and just dominated, um, and has looked fantastic. Uh, so I, I I think you know that it's he, he is with especially now Randy on the other side. Randy's going to get a whole bunch of attention. They're going to help each other a lot uh, in the way that you know that they're going to spread out the attention of the of the offensive game plan um and what they're going to be able to do protection wise against these guys um and i think that he's you know also just such a fantastic run player uh, you know he's he's really ready to take his game to another level um and be mm. you know maybe maybe one of the best defenders in the in the whole league I thought about Demarcus Lawrence. Um, obviously, he's a good one. Anytime Sean Lee plays, he's probably going to be the best defensive player in the league or a defensive player on the team. But I'm going with somebody different. Uh, I recently posted a, a new article at Fansided about how I think Chidobia Woozie. Oh wow, I knew it. It uh, is going to be the next star corner in the NFL. You know what's funny uh, is that Chidobia Woozie was the when you first asked the question. The first name that popped in my head before I thought about yeah. it analytically, the first name that popped in my head was Chidobi Awuzie. I, I just think everything is coming together for him to have a great season. Uh, you know, he's going to have a pass rush that's going to help him cover. He's obviously a great athlete. He's with one of the best defensive back coaches in the league, and Chris Richard. You're starting to see him improve his playmaking ability. You know, in Week 17 he had an interception. In the preseason he had an interception. I don't think it's out of the equation that he gets five or six picks this year. He's going to go up against a bunch of really good receivers this year. It wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the year you're talking about him as one of the top five or six cornerbacks in the league. I'm going to go out on a limb and pick Chidobi Awuzie to be the Cowboys' defensive MVP of the 2018 season. And that has brought us to our final win-loss predictions for the Cowboys for the 2018 season. Landon, I will allow you to go first. What are the Cowboys going to do this year? We've been waiting all offseason long to do this win-loss prediction, and I know how much you love it. I hate this. This is dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb. (laughs) I know, but I I love making you do this. Our weekly shows that make you predict the score. I I hate this. Um, I'm going to say 10 and 6, I think, Um, because – 
I mean, here's the other thing. One of the reasons I really hate doing this is because every season, something, and, and I'm not even just talking about the Cowboys, something, multiple things, tons of things that we could never, ever expect or never see coming happen. You know, there's whatever whatever it is is whether it's you know a, a, a big time player getting hurt, whether it's uh, a, a team that was not expected to be any good coming out of nowhere showing up. You know, it's just the same reason that you don't like when the schedule comes out, you don't predict the records because it's uh, the, the math there changes so quickly that the the, the, the sure. angles and the it all changes so quickly, and and, and this is such. A week to week league, like even more than it ever has been in the past. Last year proved it even more than than the previous year that this is a week to week league. Like you need to learn to survive week to week because the you know the the momentum doesn't stay as long as it used to. The the good teams don't stay as good as long as they used to. It's you know it it seems to shift almost in qu- kind of not even quarter seasons anymore. It's it's like by week, who's good and who's bad. The parody is just too much. I, I'm going to pick 10 and 6 because I think we have a good team. Whatever you can say about this team, the formula is uh, stable-ish. You know, I think having run a solid run game and a good defense is something that can survive a lot of stormy weather. You know, and so I, I believe in that part of this of this team, uh, and I think it's going to carry them a lot further than uh, what we think when we kind of do all these calculations in our heads. When when there's no pads popping, when there's no injuries happening, when there's no hitting happening uh, in the preseason. I've struggled with this all off season because there's parts of this team that I really like. I really think the defense has a chance to be the best that we've seen. In the last decade, uh, obviously, I think the running game is still going to be good, even if Travis Frederick's not back until halfway through the season. The receivers just really make me nervous, um, and I think there's a really good possibility that the Cowboys are a better team than last year, but the record doesn't necessarily show that because of how loaded the NFC is. You look at some of their teams that they have to play, and I know the schedule changes and all that kind of stuff, strength and schedule, but you just look at some of the quality teams that they have to play this season. And it's brutal. I, I really think they could be a seven and nine, eight and eight team and be better than they were last year, just because of how much the, the entire conference has improved. Uh, for those reasons, I'm going to go a little conservative. I think the Cowboys are going to go seven and nine this year. Um, but again, they're going to have a lot of games. They're going to come down in the last five minutes those coin flip games, it could very easily turn into an eleven five year, uh, eleven and five season, or five and eleven, just because of how close things are in the NFC. But um, any any comments on my prediction? Are you going to call me a pessimist now? No, I'm 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 surprised that you. I mean, after all the talk about how uh, Jason Garrett is an eight and eight coach. <laughs> You 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 don't even give him the benefit of a doubt of your own lie, and, and, and so you get, you go you go to seven and nine. So you just to just just as to what try to balance that out a little bit more that you know what? make make him closer to being an eight and eight coach. I don't know. And seven and nine seems it seems low. 
I, I mean, but, of course, of course. I you know, listen. I don't dispute any of your points, though. But I think the NFC is going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, the, the the talent level there is 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 un, is really you know is is going to be incredible. I think it's going to be a, a difficult test. But I also think that what people that people are sleeping on some things about the Cowboys that are a lot more proven than a lot of these NFC NFC teams that have a lot of, you know, you're, we're, as far as betting on potential, you know, there's a lot of parts of these NFC teams that are unknowns as well. And, right. um, and the thing, the parts that are unknown about the Cowboys are the, the parts that aren't, they aren't relying on necessarily to win. You know, like they're relying on their run game and they're pretty confident in their run game. They're relying on their defense and we're more confident in our defense. So, but I, I, but I, you know, again, because of the nature of what I'm talking about, how much I hate predicting this stuff, all your points are correct and, and your prediction absolutely could be correct. It's just, it's, it's more about how it lay, plays out on a week to week basis. And that's why sure. predicting this right now is like, you know. A useful exercise. Yeah, <laughs> three weeks from now, we could be talking about how you know Dak's throwing it all over the field with uh, with all these uh, small receivers and you know throwing to the tight ends and running backs. So and who knows? You yeah. know, it's it's it, it's and that's and that may sound crazy unlikely, but you know, how are we talking about the Eagles before the season last year? Like, not 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 like the, how they ended up. I guarantee you. Sure. So. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time as we preview the Cowboys week one matchup against the Carolina Panthers. Tune in then. (laughs) 